0: dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby and now I can bring the entire crew my dog and all of our gear with that third row learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com call 562-314-4603 for complete details let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now that's New Balance the two-way V4 Featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with Fresh Foam, it's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, I'm back from Sacramento, baby. And I've got a first-hand report on the Kings and the Lakers. And God damn it, I didn't get to warm up on that beat. No beam for me, but what I got was a massive once-in-a-generation storm that just cleared out 300,000 homes worth of power, put 100-year-old trees on roofs right next to my Airbnb. So I saw some shit that was historic. I get into some drama surrounding LeBron. Uh, We move forward and we talk about John Collins, who has been just circulating in trade rumors since pre-pandemic honestly. Like, he's had it. He's had it with the trade rumors. There's now trouble brewing in Brooklyn, now that Kevin Durant has gone down with an MCL sprain, and oh my god, what is happening in Chicago with Zach Levine and Billy Donovan because no one seems to know the path forward. And of course, we talk about what NBA player said he wanted to beat Skip Bayless's ass. Lot to talk about, Nick, so drop that generic beat. So I had the pleasure, the honor, of going out to Sacramento for the very first time. I had never been there in my life, let alone seen a Kings game, let alone been to the new Golden One Arena, let alone enjoy the presence of Casey and D'Lo, Kenny Carraway, Damian Barling, who are the absolute best. But that Kings game was some bullshit. Let's be honest. Like Kings, Lakers. Let's just before we get into it. The pageantry, it was, I think, their eighth or ninth consecutive sellout. The fan base was rocking. We got there. We went to dinner right across the way. The way that it's actually set up is really cool. So they've got this Kempton Hotel called the Sawyer right across from the arena. And all the players stay there. And it's like you can tunnel in so you don't even have to leave. And I tell you what. When you know, and you're a woman, and you know where the players are staying a 1,000%, the lobby was wild. Like, even pregame before the team buses showed up, I mean, there were girls basically naked out there in the lobby of the hotel just sitting there and just milling about. It's like, oh, I know what you're doing. You're trying to catch a LeBron. You're trying to catch a Schroeder. Like you're waiting. They had so much. This was like three thirty four p.m. Right? Game starts at seven. They're like, nope. I'm not waiting for after at uh, the after show. I'm gonna try to get them when they're in their pregame warm up, and you know, warm them up on my beam. And they were <laughs> this amount of makeup that the women had on. It was crazy. Anyway, it's like maybe, like maybe a hundred yards from the entrance of the arena, which is fucking awesome. And they have these kings residences too. So there's like this, you know, frosty glass door, and it's like King's residences. Apparently, uh, Demona Sabonis stayed there for the entire duration of the season when he got traded there. Like, a, a awesome condos, just very pimp shit, and um, so that was awesome. So we went to dinner, quote unquote. It was like the, it was like the grandma special. We we ate at four, it's because the game started at seven. So we went and got steak at this place inside the Sawyer Hotel called Echo and Rig awesome steaks they had like nine different steaks to choose from all grass-fed really great chopped it up with uh kyle and kenny and damien then we went into the arena met up with all the you know big j journalists like uh like james ham and we got to meet De- I got to meet deuce and mo who i've been on their podcast before they're awesome give them a follow it was just one big one big like reunion of people who have never met each other because you know, they had met each other i got to see uh phil handy he gave me a big hug that was a whole thing it was awesome got to be on the court and then because we were just like 10 deep of journalists like oh no i love you oh no i love you oh no i'm a big fan of your stuff oh my god we gotta get together oh where'd you go in sacramento the security of the team by the way these are king's journalists who have been there Every single game so far. They're like, hey, you guys can't be here. You're too much right now. This is too much. There's professional photogs taking pictures of us. We've got, like, fans coming up. It was a thing, right? It was a thing. And and Damien and, and Kenny were like, we do this every game. Like, we, whatever's happening with you, they're not, they don't want this. We go through the tunnel, they're hardcore checking our credentials now. Which, by the way, my credential, which was made out of paper, ripped off my wrist. So I had to just, like, show it like a badge. And they're like, just make sure you see it. So we all hung out in the media room, did our thing. Go up to the media area, which is a great, incredible, like, view. They were kind of, they're kind of spoiled. They want to be down on the floor. But I've been in Staples before. They put you in the, like, 600s, you know? <laughs> they, like, put you in the nosebleeds. So, really cool stuff. Um... But in terms of the game, probably one of the better games of the season, I would say. Back and forth and back and forth again. Final score, 136-134. So, no defense was being played at all. De'Aaron Fox is amazing. Like, he's one of those players that you see up close and personal where you totally understand why he's better than you think he is on TV. In the fourth quarter, I don't know what he had in the fourth quarter. I want to say it had to have been... 12, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. Um, And he just couldn't miss. And the Kings got into this huge deficit. We're starting to freak out because we're out by the concourse and by the NBC Sports Bay Area little booth meeting fans. We look up, and they're down like 9 or like down 12. Kenny's like, they'll they'll cut it. LeBron's on the bench in the fourth quarter. They'll cut it to 2, and we'll see what happens. And I tell you what. Fox just took over. Insane. Also, we've got to give love to my man, Demonis Sabonis. He had a horrible, horrible night. And Sabonis had, what did he have? He had 25, 12, and 7. And he had one rebound in the first quarter. He was largely garbage in the first quarter. He got fouled out early. And he still had 25, 12, and 7. That's insane. He's so good. Thomas Bryant, though, this team, this Kings team, needs a backup five. This is the most Kings talk we'll probably do in this detail. But I was there, so they need a backup five, right? They need one. They found one. His name's Thomas Bryant. He plays for the Lakers. He gave them twenty nine and fourteen. He was making, he was making Demonis Sabonis look like a like a wet tissue paper. He was so movable. Demona Sabonis is known for being so strong. So, you know, like Stephen Adams, light and Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant, can we just say Thomas Bryant? Put up twenty nine and fourteen. He's not that good. He's fine player. He had the second most points of his career that night. So he was a beast. Dennis Schroeder, the one who. Turned down $84 million from the Lakers. Now is back on a veteran minimum. He had 27, 4, and 2. He had four threes. Four for five from three. Eight for 11 shooting. His drive is pretty much what sealed the game for them because De'Aaron Fox hip-checked him. They called him for a foul. There's only two seconds left. And now what? What do you figure they're going to do? Like they're, they're tie, the tie game, Dennis shooter now goes to the free throw line, but they call a challenge. They don't have any more timeouts now. And so Dennis Schroeder hits both free throws. You're down two. You've got two seconds. No timeouts to advance the ball. They, I think they moved it actually up to 3.6 seconds. De'Aaron Fox actually gets slapped on the arm while he's shooting from three. After that hip check foul, no call on Russell Westbrook. Just absolutely insane. And then, of course, Mike Brown after the game is like burying Keegan Murray because he had zero rebounds. And that's like what he came there for. It's a mess. Like, the Kings right now, don't let the national media fool you like me. In Sacramento, they are quietly worried. They are quietly feeling like the only reason that we are still here is because the Clippers are on a slump, six-game, five-game losing streak. Uh, The Warriors are on a little baby slump. And the Suns are on a massive six-game slump. In terms of Golden 1, I think it's a top-three arena in the league. It's it's so insane. It's so amazing. You walk in the front entrance. I love stadium reviews. You walk in the front entrance and you immediately see the court. It's in like think about that. You immediately walk in. and You're like, oh, yeah, basketball is being played here. There's no walls or cylinders that keep you from seeing. Oh, there's well, there's not banners, but you know what I'm saying? There's not banners, but where banners would be, you can see that. You can see the rafters where the banners will be. You can see, like, the the dip into the bowl of the arena. You walk in, and it's very much like indoor-outdoor vibes. There's windows that they open up in the middle of the spring so that, like, little birds can fly through, I guess. Sunshine, wind, noise. Who knows? Just fresh air. There's a bar up top that functions as a standing room only section so that you can watch the game while you're at the bar. Just a total meat market. It's, I think it's Sierra Nevada Draft House. Spelled like drought house. You know, but that's how you spell it, draft, I guess. Anyway, awesome. LeBron James, amazing in that game. Just insane. But at the end of the day, no beam for me. Lots of trees down. Lots of power out. Went to a little speakeasy something after the game. Hung out. Got back to my Airbnb. No power. No heat. No power. No phone charging ability. Nothing. So it was eventful. Very eventful. Met some guys. One guy named Travis the Terror at a bar. It was awesome. I recommend going to Sacramento. That's enough Sacramento talk. Let's talk about LeBron James. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. we got to get to the bottom of what's real because it was it was awesome seeing LeBron James as a Laker. That was my very first time seeing him in purple and gold. He's probably better than I've seen him in a long time. Going to the rack, not settling for jumpers, impossible to stop, just a freight train. I mean, he's been doing this too. I think he's probably better now than he is in his rookie season. That's crazy. He's better now than he was in his rookie season. So just before the game against Sacramento, LeBron was interviewed in an article in The Athletic that claimed he was growing impatient with the Lakers. Lack of action in the trade market, in the trade front. So he ends this interview. It's a full back and forth where he's playing cat and mouse with one of the athletic reporters, who will not be named. And in the back and forth, he ends the interview. LeBron James ends the interview and says, y'all know what the fuck should be happening. I don't need to talk to you. Because they're trying to prod him. Hey, do you wish they would do more? Do you wish they would do more? And he's like, listen, it's not my job to make them do more. And they're like, well, well, but you're you're playing so well. Like, what do you think? You're sort of still in your prime, your championship window. And he's like, dude, just get off me. Get off me. And at the end of the interview, he says, y'all know what the fuck they need to do? Like, just get, I don't need to talk to you. So then they publish the article. And in response to the article, (laughs) because the headline was like, LeBron's patience is waning he says actually my patience he quote tweets the article by the way I think by the reporter he quote tweets the reporter which is always a great sign I think there's 6,000 quote tweets (laughs) and he goes actually my patience isn't waning you make it sound like I'm frustrated when I'm really not I told you over and over my job is focused on the guys in the locker room my job isn't on the roster that's the reality of that conversation And I said what I said with the utmost respect and calmness because that's the mood I'm in. You're welcome. Five-game winning streak. Smiley face, laughing emoji, wink emoji. Case closed, right? That's the case closed. It's over. No drama. LeBron wants to stay in LA and everything's fine. He's happy with the lack of action. Nothing's happening. No one's going to trade for him. Nothing, right? This is the end of the segment. Well, It's not this league without this league, right? You don't know the NBA if you don't think that GMs didn't see that article and say, let's just make a callie call. Let's just ring, ring, just do a little uh, phone conversation. Because the rumors today were full of GMs preparing for a LeBron trade. According to Sean Devaney at Heavy.com, multiple teams are preparing for exactly that, a LeBron trade. Let's break down this rumor. Devaney wrote, The notion of any team fortunate enough to employ LeBron James in a trade sounds ludicrous. But if circumstances around James's current team, the Lakers, continue on their current path, that could be the next step for James. According to executives around the league, multiple teams, multiple teams are preparing for the possibility that James will seek to force a trade this summer as he, having just turned 38, looks to finish his career in a winning environment. And unlike this past offseason, in which teams were blindsided by the trade demand lodged by star Ford, Kevin Durant, on the eve of free agency, front offices around the NBA will be prepared for James's potential move. Everyone was stunned when Kevin Durant asked for a trade, they couldn't even make it happen. They weren't in preparation mode they didn't know star was going to be available so they didn't have assets or cap space or anything they're like fuck i didn't know kevin Durant could be available you're phoenix and you're like damn short of devin booker we can't do shit no no that's not going to happen this time and you know what i hate to say i saw it coming but i did the second this westbrook trade went sideways LeBron was either going to never make the playoffs ever again. That team would need a complete restart. And he would be in hell in the most beautiful weather environment possible. Or he'd be like, let me get the fuck out of here. Let me get the hell out of Dodge. Because there's just no way he could spend the rest of his career in like the goal being the play-in tournament. His goal now is the play-in tournament. That's where it is. That's just the facts. And... The problem, of course, is that's Rob Plinka's fault. The Lakers have no more aces in the hole. They have two first-round picks that they are refusing to trade. And fair enough, because it's probably not going to take them over the hump, right? They're not going to be a contender if they do that. Now they're just even more fucked for the next year. It's kind of a no-win situation, a hole that they've dug themselves into. And at this point, you might not even be able to get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner anymore for the two first-round picks that it was going to require. Because Buddy Heald is playing awesome, Miles Turner is playing awesome. An executive for the Eastern Conference contender says this. That is the most likely thing if he wants to end on a good note. The most likely scenario is to go back to Cleveland one last time. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. It is a good team. You can win, and it's where it all started. No one's going to hate him for going to Cleveland again. The trick is is getting the numbers to match up. If you could do something with Kevin Love's contract, that could be key. Pause. What? That is... Well, I think last year during the All-Star break, he started to put the breadcrumbs out in the ether about how much he appreciates Kobe Altman, how much he loves what J.B. Bickerstaff is doing. But so much of this, obviously, is impacted by where LeBron James Jr. lands. Bronny. And I doubt that Bronny wants to be spending the beginning of his career in Cleveland. Ask LeBron Sr. how Cleveland is when you're single, young, rich. It's not great. It's not a great destination, truthfully. There is another option out there, according to a Western Conference exec. If there is a bidding war going on at some point, this is where it gets really interesting for a very important team, our team. There's a bidding war going on at some point. The Warriors are in a great position because they can give you the young guys. Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, Pat Baldwin. I can't believe Pat Baldwin's thrown in there. Whoever the Lakers want. But you have to either add Jordan Poole or Andrew Wiggins, and that's not easy. Pause. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. For our dubs, I'll give everybody. I'll give Poole. I'll give Wiggins. I'll give Wiseman. You can have them all. You can have them all. We'll take LeBron for our dubs, get another chip. You know what I mean? Just continue the dominance. But if they want to win now, you can give up Poole if you're getting back LeBron, he says. If they keep Draymond and come back with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and LeBron, that would be a fun, fun team to watch there would not be a possibility that average people could afford tickets to go to those games. No one would be, I mean, they would be sold out months in advance. The nosebleeds would be like $600. Courtside, like Taylor Swift concert tickets. It's like 30 a ticket for a courtside show of Steph, Steph and Braun, even for one year. Oh, my God. I don't think the Warriors could pull the trigger fast enough. If Steph and Braun, and it's fitting because they've been basically warring this whole time, right? The first 10 years of LeBron's career, 12 years or whatever it was, he just threw subtle shade shots at Steph. Steph kind of went back and forth. It was all very low-key, nothing above the ground, but you knew there was like this little mini rivalry. If they come together... They will be in – it's like I don't even know. I don't have words for it. This team would break every attendance record in every arena every single game. It would be like Kobe and MJ or Bird and Magic playing on the same fucking team in their prime years. It would transcend a super team. It would be super, super team. And somehow if you add Bronny James in the mix, maybe you keep LeBron there for – well past this prime. It doesn't matter. If Joe Lacob is paying $500 million with the luxury tax, our dubs still swimming in money. You raise the prices, you raise the popcorn, you raise the drinks, you raise the parking, you raise everything. Everything changes. Championships ensue. KD was the story last offseason. Is LeBron going to be the story this offseason? If so, I cannot wait.